Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Hey guys, Omar Khan here with Beta Trading Co. I wanted to tell you about episode 124 of the Breakthrough Podcast. We currently have a special offer for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. We're offering a free one hour live training session where we show how to instantly add stock options as a new income stream. Now I've used this myself personally over the years to create a sizable real estate portfolio for myself and there's no reason you can't as well. Cool thing is it only takes about 30 minutes a day. So if you have a job, or if you have a business or you're just spending a lot of time with your family, you're gonna have time to incorporate this in your life if you take the time to learn this, okay? now. We're also offering a 15-minute free consultation to discuss how our option strategy can work with your current investment strategy and really take your investment to the next level, okay? So for more information, check out 30minutesdoctrader.com forward slash breakthrough to join us on our free live training, our next webinar. Remember again, episode 124, where Sandy and I go over exactly how I use this strategy to acquire a large real estate portfolio for myself, and there's no reason why you can't as well. See you there, guys. Talk soon. If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another show. Thanks for joining us again today. As usual, we have co-host extraordinaire with us, Sandy McKay. How's it going, Sandy? Awesome, Rob. Awesome. Excited for another one here. Yourself? Uh, doing well. Getting a little tan on, so we're still over here. We're still overseas, uh, or I guess, I don't know if you call it overseas. We're in Costa Rica still. Anyways, and... Uh, and uh, we had, to, we had to fly across the sea to get here, I believe. But um, yeah, so we're just trying to figure out exactly the logistics of getting back right now, which seems to be a little yeah. bit of a challenge. So yeah. hey. uh, I'll keep you posted on that. It's all good. This is this is part of the uh, the dream, I guess, and the the plan for a lot of people. I've seen a lot of real estate investors down there uh, yeah. this uh, winter season and uh, able to do you know, have kids go to school. There's a, you're able to function, I guess, relatively well still there this year in a more virtual world. So it's cool. That's yeah, part that's of the, right. uh, the, the reason for building wealth. 
Exactly. No, we've had the opportunity to to meet up with some of the people that are down here too. So it's been it's been good. It's been good that way, and awesome. uh, share some ideas with people in a different atmosphere. So, uh, but um, you know, everybody listening, of course, should as usual go over to our website, breakthroughreipodcast.ca. There they can listen to all of our old shows, um, get in touch with our guests through the links and uh, and see um, all the other social media outlets that we have. Um, they can access through that point. And they can also get our free gift. Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estate. And you can pick that up, get on our email list, never miss out on a show uh, and join in on everything we're doing online. Uh, they should also go like our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash breakthrough REI. That way you can join us as some of you are right now live. Ask yeah. us some questions, uh, join in the conversation. YouTube, um, we're all over the place now live. So if you're just listening to this and you want to come tune in maybe with some live uh, shows, we are pretty much every every almost every Wednesday, every other Wednesday, 10.30 uh, a.m. Eastern time. And uh, we're on here. Most of our shows are that time. So come join us and uh, jump in the conversation as we're, as we're live. Yeah, I think that that's really important. I mean, anyone listening today, feel free to jump on there and uh, ask Cody, our guest, some questions because I'm sure that everyone will be interested in what he has to say. Um, so I would encourage everybody, yeah, get on there, interact with us. And, um, you know, go over to iTunes as well and just leave us a rating and review. It helps us out a lot. So yes. get over there if you haven't had a chance and uh, just leave us some some words of encouragement or some uh, of your thoughts of what you think about the show, some things you'd like to hear, maybe that we haven't covered. But uh, at any rate, just tell us what you're thinking. And we would greatly appreciate that. We've got a, a bunch of five-star reviews, and we're really happy to have everybody who has you know, taken that time to do that. Um, I don't have the reviews up again today, so I'm not going <laughs> to read any. But uh, next time, we'll get to a few more of the reviews. Yeah. Um, because we like reading those and uh, and hearing what you guys have to say and letting other people know what you guys have had to say. So we'll get to that next time. But uh, Sandy, you got anything else to you want to cover before we get into it? Uh not 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 really. I think uh, this is an exciting one. It'll be fun to share. Uh, you know, hear from uh, our great guests coming on here. We're going to talk about uh, some different investment strategies, and uh, I'm interested to learn uh, as much as probably everyone else is. So I think we just get into it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Cody, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to get on. I I used to be uh, driving around when I'm uh, commuting from uh, Toronto to Alliston when I work at Honda and Breakthrough, uh, Breakthrough Real Estate Podcast was definitely always on my list in the library. And I, I just always put it on 1.5 times and I listened to most of it. <laughs> Rob talks to so I've never done that. I wonder what we sound like. It's a little chipmunk action going on. It depends. It depends on the speaker's uh, speed, but sometimes 1.5, sometimes two times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On Audible, I'm usually like a 1.2. I like it just a yeah. little, like, you know, I got to speed it up just a little bit. And then when you turn it back to normal speed, it sounds weird. So we probably sound a little off to you right now then. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's actually pretty good. I, I really <laughs> focus on the content, right? Yeah. And the content is really good. Like the voice is secondary to me. I'm a 1.3 now because they they changed it. I think it used to be one two five to five one five. Now they got it more increments. So I, I'm I've I've noticed I'm a one three on Audible. If in case on, anyone was wondering, on Spotify you can go to three times. 
really? 3.5 times yeah wow well <laughs> you gotta awesome really to have... train your brain to uh to take in the content at that speed i'm sure but once you do look at what you can do look at look at how yes. uh, efficient you can be yes yes that's the key for it you can slowly goes up and your efficiently efficiency goes up too and i i realize i start talking faster as well so i need to make sure i tone it down a little bit so you know everyone can follow me right <laughs> well so. we're, we're definitely excited to have you on cody uh cody i i don't know we were talking about this before the show cody yeah yay cody yeah say. yay yeah yeah um, you got the hat on there for everyone watching yeah. the, say yeah, cody, to, yeah say to yeah fire on the side right fire, i think all nice. your listeners knows what what fire means um, yeah. <laughs> financial independence, retire early. And then uh, I say it, I'm living it and uh, helping more people achieving it. You're totally living it. And you, you came to Canada on a student visa when you're 18 years old. Very little knowledge on, <laughs> on wealth creation skills. And, and it's been about 11 years now. Uh, yes. I do the math correctly. So you're 29. No, I, I just turned 30 uh, last October. Oh, okay. Okay. 30 now. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're with, uh, well, with me at least in the 30s. Uh, being a student and a full-time project manager to a uh, financial coach, uh, real estate investor, stock options investor, I acquired a lot of skills obviously over that time, and you quit your job in uh, in beginning of 2020. So without knowing COVID, you're at yeah, great time <laughs> to do that. So maybe I'll get fired. Either way, I don't know. <laughs> so it's pretty pretty interesting to go from that uh, in a short time. You know, retiring before 30, uh, and obviously. If, built that through real estate, through stocks and all that sort of stuff. So we're going to get into that through the show and, and probably compare them a little bit too here and chat about which one you think is better for, yeah. you know, for, for the right type of people and uh, should be fun. So tell us a little more details about this. How the heck did you go from uh 18 year old kind of new newcomer to the country to um, building something pretty fast yeah. and substantial there and, and just, just over 10 years. No, I, I, I would say, I'm just like yourself, the last 10 years before 2020, it's almost like preparing all the building, building blocks all the way up to a year ago. And that's when everything takes off. Right. But it's, uh, you know, everyone now just look at the event, but a lot of people don't see the process, right? And the process is when I first came to Canada, when I was 18, I thought I was probably top of my class in English. Okay. Not everything else, you know. I have an Asian face. I'm good at math. I'll have to admit, but in terms of English, I'm not the best one. So I remember first came here first math 12 exam. Um, I don't understand the question. I, I raised my hand and asked question and the instructor and a teacher just give me a dictionary. And I was the one that was like flipping over. I said, can you just come here and tell me yes or no, just yes or no. Right? This is what it means. Then I can answer the question. That's how bad it was. And then a fast, fast forward. Um, you know, I, 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 I basically applied to all the, the, uh, uh, the best schools around Canada. I chose to come to Toronto at that time is because no one's in Toronto. So I, I'm a free kid, you know, my auntie is in Vancouver. I want to come to Toronto, bigger city, more diverse industry. And then I decided to study engineer because, you know, I don't want to write reports. I'm good at math, <laughs> so, so on. And then I, I, I don't think that was really true. But I really enjoyed the journey of engineering. It really taught me how to grind, how to work very efficiently, how to work with very a lot of highly competitive people, right? And then uh, they trained my mindset to be very efficient, right? I took engineering as a major, business minor in university. I learned all about accounting, corporate finance, stock, stock option. By that time, I only start uh, trading. No, I wouldn't call it, even call it trading, just investing in stocks, 
starting in 2011, right? And up to the point where like 2016, I started saying, hey, I should probably do a little bit of day trading and get into real estate. And that's when I hop on a lot of your podcasts. I started joining a lot of the real estate networking event around Toronto. At that time, I still work up north in Alliston. So I basically, if whenever there's an event, I'll drive an hour down to Hamilton, drive an hour down to Mississauga, to Oshawa, like, and in the meantime, listening to podcasts, right? And whenever I'm not doing that, I'm basically doing day trading at night in the Asian market because of the 12 hour difference. And I was a, I would say it's a bittersweet experience. The bitter part is, is very stressful. At age of 26, all my white hair was coming out on the side. And, you know, I spent an hour or two after my full-time job preparing an hour or two trading an hour or two, actually a lot of time more than that, writing my report. And I, I, I look at my own report and I show it to my coach at the same time, right? So the first four months I was losing money, like slowly grinding down my $10,000 account. But after four months, I started making money and the year of 66%, right? Did that for two years until I, I fell asleep in front of my monitor. And in the meantime, I was actually training on my phone, trying out different options, strategy, and I'm starting to realize, you know, I kind of put half the money here, half the money there. I started to realize, doing on my phone, a little bit more passive way, it's actually a similar return, if not better, but better return on time and stress. And I can uh, actually get my, get, get my life back, right? So that's when uh, 2016 was when I bought my first property. At that time, I don't want to use my first time home buyer or save up, I think, thirty to $50,000. My mom wanted to buy a bungalow in Toronto. I say, mom... Can I chip in thirty to fifty thousand? I just take thirty or fifty percent of the ownership. At that time it was half a million, right? Now it's probably, I don't know, eight hundred, nine hundred, <laughs> to be yeah. conservative. The last few months probably push over a million. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Um, that was the first one, and the second one is I keep punching out the overtime when I was a full time job, and I save up for down payment for my second one in twenty seventeen, and then two more in twenty nineteen. I uh, I buy a bungalow and convert it into legal duplex. Uh, with the local team, right? And a refi, pull the money out and all that, right? And that's when 2019, I kind of stopped. And then, uh, you know, now that I accumulate a lot of um, a lot of capital in my trading account, and I, I want to, you know, now that I don't have a T4 job, I'm thinking maybe the most tech sufficient way is to start getting into multifamily, right? And now I have the bullets for that. And uh, that's the next step, definitely. While doing all the stock option, uh, um, trading and, and training, coaching, teach a course. And um, I actually do uh, wholesaling with one of the biggest flipper in Simcoe uh, County, right? My partner, uh, Simcoe House Buyer, we, we, we flip two to three house per month and then we're ramping up our wholesaling side. We're, we're doubling our marketing costs <laughs> for 2021, put it on automation. That's what you guys preach, right? Put it on all automation, only focus on the key things, right? And that's what we're doing. And uh, I'm very excited for that. So you talked about a couple things. I want to get into um, when you said it was bittersweet. Let's talk about some of the challenges that arose there with the with the uh, trading, the day trading, and yes. let's also talk about after that some of the more substantial challenges that you had getting into real estate. Yes, we, we can touch on that. So the bittersweet part is as I was working full time at Honda. I was trying to take on more responsibility, 
because I was at that time, my goal was to climb the corporate ladder as fast as possible. I see, I look at who's the youngest one that climbed to, let's say, director level at age 30. I'm like, okay, that's my goal. I want to get there. So I said, how do I do that? So I try to take on more responsibility, work more overtime. Like the average overtime I worked from 2015 to 2019 is 400 to 800 hours per year. So if you put that into perspective, I lose probably 100 days per, per year. So a lot of time I don't remember my summer. And on top of that, I was doing day trading at night. I don't know what I was trying to prove, but I guess I'm trying to prove to, to the world or myself is that, hey, I know most people lose money in day trading. I had the opportunity to have a good coach, which is two years younger than me. Uh, she's from Taiwan, very successful at, at the age of 20. At that time, she was 24, but she started in 18, right? So I was trying to prove that does, does this work? Does this not work? Is this part of my lifestyle, right? Kind of trial and error period. And it's very bitter in a way where it's very stressful. And uh, and you feel like every day you're starting from the bottom, right? Because we we don't carry any position overnight. So that means every day, even if you win 10 days in a row, today is a new day. And that feeling is very scary because you're only as good as your last trade, if you guys know what I mean. But in real estate, is totally different, right? And real estate is that we know the fundamental long-term this is going to go up. Short-term might be me some uh, correction, but you're not stressed about that because cash flow is, you know, sustaining our operating costs and long-term will go up based on the fundamental analysis, right? So that was why it was bitter. And the sweet part is now that I'm not doing that, I can say I did that before. So anyone want to learn about that, you know, I have experience with that, right? And jump into the second question is what changed after I quit my job? Yes, that was a learning process too. The moment I quit my job, the bank doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> Whenever I say, hey, can I refi this? And they say, well, okay, you're a T4. Do you still work? I said, no, I don't. But my past two years are north of six figure. They're like, um, um, okay, maybe you should talk to a different bank, right? So I found out CIBC actually has a program for uh, if you have a north of three property, then they can use... Um, uh, DCR, as long as I think it's over 1.1 and 1.2, look at their overall portfolio. I think they can go up to like, uh, um, um, what, what's that called? LTV of uh, 70%. So I was able to pull out some money, but not as much as I want <laughs> uh, after not having a, a T4. And now that any property I need to buy, unless I pay myself T4, which I have that choice up to March 1st, if I want to do that in 2020, I might take some penalty depending on whether I pay myself T4, dividend, or just other ways, right? But uh, if I don't, then uh, I, I have very limited choice with traditional, conventional lending. Yeah, you know what? That's a very common answer to that question is a lot of times the answer to, you know, what were the biggest challenges when you got into real estate investing? It is always more towards the, the lending side, right? Where do I get the money from? Um, but... To your point, you work on it until you get until you find an answer. There's an answer out there, and it may not be a hundred percent perfect, like you said. It's a for those listening maybe didn't understand all of what what um, Cody was saying right there. It's just like so most banks will lend up to eighty percent of the assessed value of the property. So okay. when he was going back to refinance with the bank, he's saying that. The ones that he's looking at now are only uh, lending him 70%. 70%, right? yeah. So, 
but still like it, that's a way that's a way that they are able to look at you when a lot of times the answer is just going to be no like where's your t4 you don't have one sorry yeah <laughs> go somewhere else but you yes. you the challenge is then not going oh well i guess i'm done maybe i maybe this real estate thing wasn't for me um yeah. to go and find the answer you're looking for right yeah and just you know and i was actually hinge on that concept of getting the lowest interest rate. I know a lot of your audience focus on that, getting the lowest interest rate. Now, if you take a step back and I hear from many experienced investors as well, is if you take a step back, if you look long-term, what is that really 0.25 or 0.5% comparing in the long-term? If you can land the money and the appreciation is there, you will get more out of it over the long term, but a lot of people just focus on short terms. Like, oh, if I can't land conventionally, oh no, no, I'm not gonna go to our alternative lender. I'm not gonna pay one to 2% more. But if you still set up your business right, if you buy a low enough, make sure your cash flow is okay. You have, you do your sensitive sensitivity analysis, you have your reserve fund there, then technically you can, you know, strategically take on higher interest rate and still work and should build your empire faster. Right. So I think you guys can probably relate to that. Well, you know, there's there, my 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 suggestion is always to people that I, I, I'm sure there are good uh, agents that work right for the banks. But we always like to use like a broker channel, you know, or I, I like to suggest that anyways, because then the, the options are like there's they they, they understand your goals. So they're going to listen to you and go, OK, um, this lender you know, is going to have a higher interest rate, but you're going to be able to buy more properties. So, you know, they're going to be able to explain the trade-offs and, and what they mean, right? Correct. And work with you to build on your goals. So that's Correct. always something we suggest. Very, very good suggestion. And nowadays, it's hard to find a broker that have the time to sit down with you because they're so busy. So when when I started out, I have to touch on many broker. I learned a bit here, a little bit here attending all the real estate seminar and put everything together. So I know which bank to go to first, then second, the third CIBC, RBC last, right? All those things I have to learn it from multiple people, multiple broker, right? Cause they, you know, just to be very honest, everyone has their own agenda too, right? So you got to make sure you, know, you, you, you trust and you verify, right? Makes sense. Makes sense. So I, I, you know, a lot of the lessons in the way you've shared so far is just you've obviously worked very hard to be 30 years old and have a lot of knowledge around this and and to retire. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. You spent 11 years basically to get to the, that point, but you worked your ass off and you and you and you grinded and you and you didn't take no for an answer in a lot of cases um, because you just found a way to make it happen. Was that pretty much? Was that the story with um, all of your invest? Like, what what strategies have you used with the real estate side? And and was it always? you know, the one strategy that you've stuck with, or have you kind of uh, tweaked it along the way? Um, so I, I look into multiple strategies, like rent to own, and uh, I look into like uh, wholesaling, a burr, right? I'm basically doing burr, uh, not for the first two property. I just bought it. I thought, hey, if I ever one day gonna move in there as a family, that's where I'm gonna stay. But this third and the fourth one, I look at it as a burr, right? And I try to pull out most of the money. So it's kind of like an infinity house, right? What we call it. But I haven't done like crazier things like, you know, I haven't taken on a bigger scale like multifamily. I haven't taken on retail plaza, which I have a, a group of friends who are doing those even down in the States. But so far, you know, in my opinion, I still think multifamily, you know, 
if you can get the right number, I think that still make a lot of sense because there's technology is changing so fast, right? Just for the past year. So in the future, we have to make sure that is still working. And then technology has really replaced a lot of brick and mortar. So I think a lot of people think there's opportunity there, but I still want to bet on things that will work in the long term. I'm not trying to pick a really cheap investment, but it might not work out. I'm just hoping it to rebound, right? So I still think personally, I think multifamily will work out well in the long term because we just have more people come into you know a certain area and we need a place to stay, right? And the supply cannot keep up that demand in certain area in Toronto, certain area in Canada. And now, are you really active on these deals too throughout uh, your career so far? Have you been the one like leading the doing the projects yeah. yourself, like maybe hiring contractors as needed and all that sort of stuff, managing it maybe yourself too? Yeah, yeah. So I was always the buying. I was always on on uh, my name is always on the mortgage. Um, I put the deal together. Um, you know, I, I put a dedicated bank account to make sure the accounting side is easy. I have a QuickBook attached to it. I do the consolidation myself. <laughs> I should do it more often than not. Um, it's quite painful to chase one year. Um, and contractor-wise, yes, you know, I, I'm great. I found, uh, you know, when I invest in Barry, right, my two legal duplexes in Barry, one is in Alliston, bungalow is in Toronto. So when I, when I was in Barry, I, was, I found a good, good realtor, a good investor-oriented realtor. Then he, he basically hooked me up with all the local, uh, local contractor, which is, it turns out to be really competitive price. It took a bit longer than I wanted to, but to me, as if I save twenty, thirty thousand, I, pay, and I, you know, the, the 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 operating cost of not, you know, renting out or anything is one to two k per month. I'll take it anytime, right? So there's there's give and take. It's not like always you need to be getting on the point. There's always things that comes up, and just how do you adapt to it, right? Ultimately, what, how did that lead to? getting out of your career? Like, how did that actually play out? Was that a, uh, was that always your goal, I guess? And then also, how did that happen so quickly? You know, before 30 is a, most people are past that point. They may be looking at before 40 or 50 or 60. Yeah. But how did, how did you make that happen so fast? And is that something uh, like, would you do it the same way if you were to repeat that? Or what, what did you learn, learn along the way? You know, what's funny though, that's a really good question. I, I never, now, the more sometimes when I take a shower, right, I think about things I did for the past 10 years. If I can do anything differently, and in hindsight, if I know real estate earlier at age of 18, maybe I will just get my license. Maybe I'll never go to school again. Everyone don't take it the wrong way because I know a lot of people is like, I want my kids to go to school, but if you have to drive like I do, or like Sandy, or like Rob, is if you start a lot earlier and then. Let's say if my parents say, hey, I allocate this money for your education. At that time, international students are very expensive. I said 33. I started with 27,000 just tuition first year. I graduate. The last year was 33,000 just tuition. Okay, so imagine if I take that money. I say just buy, just close my eyes, buy any bungalow in Toronto. I just live in it, house hack it. Meanwhile, everyone's going to school, learning about algebra, cal calculus, which I don't really use anymore, which I still know. But if I just go out and hustle and I find a mentor like Sandy or Rob and I say, hey, I have nothing to lose, but I just have time and energy. What can I do? Maybe I'll be way ahead of game right now, right? But it's hindsight. Not everyone can take that route. It'll be a lot more beating because mentally I was probably not ready because of the four or five years of education that trained me with very competitive people, right? So maybe I wasn't there, but if I have a choice and 
you know, if I have nothing to lose, maybe I'll choose that, right? I know it sounds kind of crazy, but in the hindsight, I will probably do that. And I think I'll probably go further. And at my maybe I, I wouldn't quit my job at, at 29, maybe I'll quit at 25 or never quit. And my portfolio will be a lot bigger because I'll learn a lot of what I know from marketing, from talking to an investor, from raising money, from just high ticket selling, right? All that, if I learn early on, I think that will make a huge difference, right? I, I never learned that in school. I never learned that in school. Even at the top, one of the top school at U of T, any marketing, any sales class, I feel like they don't do it themselves, right? Or the, at least they're holding something back. They're not really telling me, right? So. Yeah, I think it takes that aha moment, right? Like, uh, like um, you know, uh, for me, I didn't have the money to invest in real estate. So it never crossed my mind until, until I was seeking out education and found a way to do it without money. Who knew that that was even existed, right? But uh, yeah. then you have that moment. I think it, that's what it takes, right? So I would have loved to learn it earlier as well. I think it's just a matter of, uh, of I guess, seeking out the information, right? Yes. And you don't know what you don't know. That's yeah. What they say. And then one thing I learned, you know, not just for myself, but a lot of people out there is I understand when you're starting out, um, you might not have the capital to invest in a good trainer or a good training course, a good mentor. Of course you have to trust, but verify everything. Cause you know, when you don't have a lot of money, that money is very important, but if you can find one or even volunteer, and say, can I help out with some of the things? And meanwhile, I'll shadow you. That's a good way to learn. And that will exponentially reduce the amount of mistakes you make. So I say that both in real estate and both in stocks or option investing. If I could have find someone, you know, that would teach me early on what to do and how to raise money and all that, which, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I don't know where I'll be at. I, I think it, there's no limitation to age. Like now that I realize and I just turned 30, when I talk to people, no one cares about my age. So throw that out of the window. You're 60, you're 50, you're 40, you're 20. It's how, how much knowledge you really have and how much experience you really have, right? And I make sure everything I say, I did it myself. So I learned the mistakes, what not to do and what to do. Then I feel confident sharing and I hold that very close, right? So that's how I, I, I keep my reputation there, right? If it doesn't work out, at least I know if it doesn't work out, how, how can I turn it around, right? Because I, that happened to me before. Yeah, absolutely. And you can learn from those mistakes. And you can also, like you said, <clears throat> you get out there, you meet people that have been doing it. You, you find that mentor and they can also help you avoid those mistakes as well, right? Big time, big time. Why don't we transition a bit into, into stocks and real estate? Let's talk about, <laughs> let's compare them a little bit. I want to know what your strategy is with stocks generally. I know it's probably changed over time, but generally yes. what, what ones have you used and uh, what do you use today? And then, and then let's, 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 let's compare them a little bit. What, what the pros and cons are of each. Yeah. So I, I started in 2011 stock investing at that time I was looking at, it was just boring stocks like Loblaws. I was looking at, I think at that time I was looking at some Enbridge uh, TD, and I just put the money in it. I, I like the dividend and I just forget about it. a year after 10, 20%. Okay, good. And I participate in Alibaba IPO. I bought it right when it came out. I remember it was 120 in 2014. I still remember a couple months went down to hundred, stayed at hundred for a couple months. You know, not that I look back, you're like Alibaba is here. But when you're at that time, you're like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? 
At that time, no one knows what Alibaba is. Like the e-commerce thing wasn't big yet, right? And fast fast forward to like 2016 to 2018, that's when I was doing day trading. I was, I was actually trading the stock future index of Taiwan and Hong Kong. So that's kind of equivalent S&P 500, just, you know, the overall benchmark, right? And I was doing that at night. And, you know, while in the daytime, I was using my phone, play some, some option strategy, right? Buy side, kind of like... Uh, buying lottery a little bit, taking calculated risks a little bit, playing with a selling side a little bit and see which one fits my my rule as well, right? And after 2018, when I stopped day trading, that's when I think the strategy, I, I basically perfect the strategy, refine a strategy. I took many, many courses online, offline, once in US, once in Canada, and I know all the pros and cons. And that's when last October, on my 30th birthday, that's when I ran my first course for my own stock and options. So for people that doesn't know, it's, I don't just came out from nowhere. It's because of all those things I did. I blew up my account multiple times before <laughs> from day trading, right? And all that. And it's because I started small money, so it doesn't hurt me. But I blew out there and then I I, I recover, go, go further so I know what to do, what not to do in the long term, right? And now that what I do is I just do on my phone. I, I do mostly selling side, 80% selling options. That means I'm like the insurance company where I sell someone a policy, I collect a premium. And if someone on the other side never make a claim, I keep all the premium. But if they do make a claim, then I have to buy 100 shares of the stock I want in the long term that has a good fundamental. And I just have to buy 100 shares of that at a discount, right? So that's 80% of my strategy. Another 10, 20%, depending on timing, depending on the certainty in the market, I do buy some options as well, right? Whether it's short-term or long-term. And that's where I compensate my return. Like I make my bread and butter from the 80% of selling options, but 10 or 20% is where I say, I can increase my return by twice. But if I lose, my return goes from 40% over year over year to 36. So I can take that 10% decrease from 40 to 36, but potentially I can make 80%. Right, that's really the goal. So even if I lose everything on the buying side of option, I only decrease my overall return by four percent. That's that's what I'm trying to do, and I use those money to um, to buy more real estate. Right, right now I'm accumulating a lot more, and um, now that I have corp and all that, I'm just gonna go buy multifamily. And uh, now that I have you know VIP clients with high net worth, it's I talk of a lot of things like, hey, if I if I you know I do wholesaling, so I come across a good multifamily do you guys want in like probably you know i'm not sure maybe 1.5 million like you guys handful of them so each of you guys come over 200 they're like yeah cool sign me up i know you're doing wholesaling you can buy off market i know you you're good with number you run your spreadsheet so i make them a lot of money so they have a lot of trust in me right so um, i just start that last october i have uh, a group of uh <laughs> good people supporting me and then i make them a lot more money and they're very happy that was your birthday present to yourself. I was going to do it a week before my 30th birthday, but I just say, someone told me, hey, that's Thanksgiving in the US. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. That's just do on my birthday. That'll be the coolest birthday present I ever give myself. It's I make a lot of money. I help a lot of people get to the next level, right? And I would just go celebrate. And after the Sunday, I did it over a weekend, right? At 6 p.m. on Sunday, I go celebrate. And I was drained. The first course, I was drained. I, 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 that was the first time I did it for a talk for eight hours per day, two days in a row. It was just me, uh, some guest speaker, but 
man, I was draining right? mentally, physically. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this. Like, what is it and what will the people learn? So, yes. So I call it a, a stock option beginner course. Now I'm about to announce the intermediate course. You guys are actually the first one to hear outside of my alumni group. I'll announce it in a couple of days where I, I the beginner course is more towards people that has minimum experience and options. So a lot of them might have experience in long-term investing in stocks and on, uh, uh, unregistered or registered account, right? Now they want to get to the next level. How do you get a more consistent income, right? And and by, by they want to learn how to sell option, how to do it right, how to pick the expiration day, the strike price, how to pick the stocks, right? And there's a lot of stocks out there, a lot of hype too, right? So how do you do that and when in the long term? That's more gears towards, let's say, a lot of, uh, most of my alumni are real estate investor. They make quite some money in real estate. Now they're like, Cody, um, I still live very poorly because um, I look at on the paper, I'm a millionaire, but I, I, I don't have a lot of money to spend because the cash flow is not there. Always there, then a lot of time is, it goes into my reserve fund. I want to make sure if something goes, right? So they want more cash flow. So I say, why not you allocate some money into this cash flow generating a beginning course I'm teaching? where it will help your lifestyle, take out a lot of stress. And meanwhile, you can actually uh, increase your saving faster and you can take that money that you make and buy more real estate. So now you have more option of besides creative financing, joint venture, raising money. Now you can actually speed up the process. If you don't want to do any of that, you want to buy faster, right? So instead of buying one per year, now you can probably buy two per year because the money sitting on the side is actually generating a lot more return. Right, and you can put it back into real estate investing, right? And then you know, I would I don't want to go too advanced, but you can put it in the core. You can start shuffling money. Never go to your personal level, so it's all very efficiently in your corp, and uh, you know, let the money grow faster and less tax you're paying. Right? Stocks are, can be great. Real estate can be great. What's what's the what have you found has been your greatest return on investments? Um, um, and we're going to talk about time too. So just focus on the actual, just dollars for dollars return that you found. Yeah. Your... Real estate hands down. Um, so all my legal duplex, when I run numbers, okay. I was on Andrew Hines podcast. So shout out to Andrew Hines. Great guy. Um, I was on Andrew Hines podcast. So he actually ran a cash flow sheet on the side and it was running my number. So that's, for example, one of the property I bought in Barry was 405. Okay. January, 2019, 405k. Okay, so after repair value at that time, I was uh, we're aiming for around five sixty, right? And then you know, um, rents and I have property management. I put in three to five percent maintenance costs and all that. After all of that, I put in two percent appreciation. Year over year ROI is seventy five percent. So cash That's on cash return, <clears throat> right? Yeah. And then he ran out dot and I just said, it's 75, Andrew. And he didn't trust me. He just ran it. Oh, 75. I said, what about 3%? I said 90. And he ran it as 90. <laughs> so even 3% appreciation is a 90%. So a lot of people is like, Cody, why are you still doing stock and option thing? I said, it's quite different because, you know, I'm very conservative on that 3%, even though, you know, the past two years in Barry or anywhere like in Oshawa, Hamilton, it just... 10, 20, sometimes more of a, like past few months, probably just over 20%, right? That's nuts, right? But that's, you know, we don't know how long the music will keep playing, right? And I want to make sure if I only get, you know, a four property, if I only get $1,000, $2,000 passive income from, from those 
property, I want to, I can't really retire on that, right? If all of a sudden a furnace goes or a roof goes, that money is there, right? I never take out cash flow from my property. Really, it's just always in there. It's just sitting in my bank account, keep going up, right? But that don't generate. It's good ROI, good long-term. I just close my eyes. I don't think about it, you know? And then in five, 10 years, I know my double. And because as inherent, inherently, three to five times leverage, right? Because I borrow up to 20 or 30%, sorry, 70 to 80%. So I'm leveraging my money three to five times. So that's why that return will go from, go up to 75 or 90%, even just, you know, with two to 3% appreciation, right? But on the other side, the stock side, I don't use leverage. I don't use much, maybe up to like, let's say up 20% uh, mostly. But then, you know, the return I've been getting is, it's, it's there, it's up there. I, I can't promise, but I'll just say a minimum of 4% really per month, so at least for the past three three years, right? But uh, 2020 has been odd, it's over 100%, but um, I don't count on that. But it's because I don't leverage at all. But if I don't leverage, I can still get that kind of return. And those are the cash I can, whether spend on lifestyle, spend on savings, spend on my marketing to get my business to the next level, that's the money I can use. Right. And that takes a lot of stress off my shoulder in case the real estate didn't go up, furnace goes or something like that. Right. So that's how I look at it. One way is kind of sustaining and then, uh, and then helping with that uh, um, um, auxiliary income that comes in to stabilize my lifestyle, up my marketing, up my expense and all that. But the other side, the wealth generation side, it's real estate especially in Toronto. If, if you're down out in Alberta, out in BC, you know, it might be a bit different, but in Toronto, around Toronto, I'm still quite bullish on it just because everything I've seen and all the stats I read, and I'm an immigrant myself, right? So I, I know what's like to immigrate to US, what's like to immigrate to Canada, especially to Toronto, right? So uh, I think I could confidently say that, right? A great answer. I think that makes sense. I, I agree for with a lot of that too. And what about time though? Because real estate's Sometimes I think people are worried about spending a lot of time there and maybe they have a, a rough month or two where there is a lot of time spent, maybe repairs, maybe tenant issues, things like that. Um, how does that factor in and, and does that change your thought on the on where the best return is at all? Um, yeah, I, I will say I'm one of the fortunate one. I think I'm one of the lucky one. I'll call myself lucky one. And I think I'm lucky because I put in so much work the way I'm building business, the way I do anything is I don't look at what's a maximized return, but I look at how can I foresee any problem? How could I solve those problems and make sure they don't even show up? For example, on the real estate side, if I, you know, if I uh, deal with like screen my contractor, I say, can you show me a couple of your past projects? And I talk to, you know, their, their, their uh, the, the clients and say, how does it actually work? Right. And I don't mind overpay a little bit on the contractors. So I make sure they're happy every time I go, I don't try to like, you know, ambush them and then say, why are you not here? You know, I always try to bring coffee. I always try to bring McDonald's, bring Timmins, whatever, just make sure they're happy. And so, you know, there's odd times when I really need help to put on a mailbox for my, my duplex in the basement. Can you do it for me? They're like, yeah, no problem. Don't worry, but don't come up here, Cody. Right. So I treat my, all my, I wouldn't call them employee, but all my, my partner relationship really well. If I, you know, whenever they do something great, I reward them. Sometimes I bring a check to them. Right, just to make sure they're all reward. I pay my way through it, and that's why I think I'm always on the short list. That's same thing for property management, same thing for my agent. I don't like. I'm not going to negotiate any of those agent fees. You deserve it. You did everything. You pre-screened the house for me. 
and I just, I bought one of the house without uh, sight unseen, right? So, <laughs> so I think that's how I become really lucky because I'm not very uh, stringent. I'm not, and that way I want to make sure everyone who did their job, exceptional job, I paid my way through, right? And that's um, that's how I do in real estate, and. So I, I didn't run in big problem. Yes, I have tenant that that was uh, definitely creating some drama, but I have property manager there to deal with that. And I told them property manager is, you know, as long as they're happy, if they want to move out sooner, later, whichever. I don't mind losing one month out of rent, but that takes a lot of stress off you guys. And then rents kept going up so we can reset from there, right? So there's only small chance of time that really costs a little bit of stress. And... Um, uh, and it, now that we flip to the stock side, right? Stock option side. I've been doing it quite a while. I know what works, what not works. And now I just do it on my phone. You know, I uh, I was looking at I make 90 trades in 30 minutes. So some of the people are like, Cody, you're nuts, right? So I have VIP clients. Actually, the moment I make trades, I screenshot. I make six screenshots today because there's too many trades, right? The moment, the, <laughs> the night before I say, hey, tomorrow this is probably going to happen. In the morning, I said, these are the things I'm looking at. Right after market open, I'm going to do these trades. So they're already getting ready. And then, <coughs> sorry, I prevent them with the reasons afterwards, right? So they learn and then follow, right? So, sorry, I, I plan my thing. I just always plan ahead, right? So I spend like probably 30 minutes to an hour before the day to plan. And I, I spend about 30 minutes trading. And that's it. From 9.30 to 10, I trade. And then, so... Yeah. Yeah, from so 9 30. It's an hour a day, is what it sounds like. Yes. I know there's a, probably a bit more behind the scenes, but it, the active work is an hour a day, give or take. Trading, yeah, an hour a day. And um, I do it anyway. And this is what I'm passionate about. So I don't feel like it works. So now that punch in the trade, the day is mine, right? Go on podcasts, build my other business, right? That's all mine. You know what I thought was really interesting there is you consider yourself lucky. And I, and I don't believe that that in any way is the right use of that, that word because you know everything that you said to back that up was all preparedness you know yeah. there's no luck involved in that whatsoever nothing fell out of the sky and and was handed to you you went out and you prepared yourself for all of the opportunities that could come your way and 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 that is actually how you did it you know uh, it doesn't sound to me like luck had much to do with it but, uh, but, you know, I, I think that's a really important lesson as well for everyone to understand. I don't think that that's lucky at all, though. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, um, but I, I do believe it's interesting that you think that way. So I don't, I don't know how we get into analyzing all of that. I think yeah. it's a good trait, though. There's reciprocity, really? too. Reciprocity, too, right? Yeah. If you're throwing that out there. That's, that's when people get lucky, generally. Like, there is some yeah. Yeah, one off luck here or there, but consistent luck is because you're throwing well preparedness for sure as well and you're ready you're ready for when the luck comes to absorb it and correct take it. correct and you threw it and you're throwing out reciprocity in the world which comes back in the form of luck sometimes yes yes and really just participate uh, anticipating problem and try to solve them before it comes up because that's when it's the easiest to solve it right i always know my worst case best case scenario mostly i focus on worst case and I okay of all the worst case in real estate, all the worst case in stock and option, I can sleep like a baby at night. And the rest is just upside to me, right? That's how I look at it. So we've talked about the stocks. We talked about the real estate. Um, what, what else do you have on the burners? 
Um, <laughs> so, so for the longest time, um, uh, in 20, I think 2019 beginning or 2018, late 2018, uh, my good friend, my, and my agent up in Barry, he's like, Cody, if you ever think about getting a real estate license, get it now. Cause OREA might turn into Humber college. That time we don't know how that's going to look like, but I just signed up for my first course and then I passed it with high grades and then I forget it for a year. And now that I'm coming back to revisit to it, of course, there's some sunk costs, right? I'm already doing investing. I really enjoy this. I'm like, I will get it. And now it's at the point where, you know, I was talking with Sandy about now that I did all this, I have a clear idea of why I become a real estate agent. It's not just as simple as I want to find another job to hustle. It's how I can leverage with what I have with social media, with my followers, with my media IP clients, with more high network people that are seeing what I'm doing. I know there's a lot of potential to go even further in that direction, right? Whether that's joint venture and then, you know, we go away. I say, hey, you know what? I'll help you guys find a good deal. I take the front end or the back end or it's later down the road, helping out some of my you know, VIP clients to say, hey, you know, buy or sell this. It's not for me to going to go out there and, you know, um, of course I want to practice on all the fundamentals, but it's not very efficient for me to go out there and knock on doors and cold calls, right? Which a lot of Asians start. I really respect that, but I'm, I'm again, I'm very lucky in a way I built that up. I think I can start kind of a, a second floor, right? And I don't want to put that to waste because I know whatever the brokerage I join or whatever, and then my partner is going to team up with me. They can get all the knowledge and all the things I already built up, right? It's almost like package for them, right? So I don't, I don't want to put that to waste. And I'm ready in chat with Sandy, and Sandy knows about this. Uh, I my 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 join the team, yeah. <laughs> well, how, how how how? What about the YouTube stuff? Because you're all over oh. YouTube, man. You didn't even yeah. mention that. Hey, you know what's funny though? I only have 15 video, um, but again, I'm lucky. I got. 11,000 subscriber with 15 video. <laughs> and when I first start, guess what? I spoke Mandarin for the first two video because I don't know who my audience is, right? I was like st st stuttering a lot like that. And then I was like frustrating. I was figuring out the camera, the scripting, what topics should I talk about? How do I do editing? Should I do use Adobe Premiere? Should I use Final Cut Pro? Like, man, that was painful, right? But fast forward, like, Two videos after I I look at the back end, it's just like yourself. You look at a lot of stats on your back end. I see most of my listeners are from North America. Even when I speak Mandarin, most of the listeners in Canada, US, maybe a little bit of Singapore, Hong Kong. Where do I get paid most of the money? Where do most of the money that that where do most people have the money to invest? North America. Okay, great. I'll switch to English right away. So starting my third video, it's all English from then on, and then. Did a, I spent a lot of time market researching, right? So just like you guys, when you want to talk about things, you want to talk about evergreen things. Five years, 10 years down the road, when people come back and refer to it, it still works. So for me, I took the longer way. I 80% of my contents on evergreen. So it will still make sense five to 10 years mm -hmm. down the road. Mm -hmm. But 20% of it is the trendy side, where I get some traffic in. But I want to make sure those traffic I get in are the audience I want to target. It's not just random people that want to gamble and go big or go home. I don't want those clients. I don't want those audience, right? So I make sure my video reflect those. And uh, again, I'm really lucky in that way. I figure out the YouTube algorithm in the background. So 
one of my videos jump on that YouTube algorithm. And um, now I think it's probably around 160,000, 170,000 views. And that one video brings me in, you know, 80, 20% brings me in 80% of subscriber, 80% of the money. YouTube is paying me a couple grand per month. Just, just from that one video. No, no joke. So, so that video almost killed me. I spent 30 hours on it and my girlfriend was helping me editing because everything has to be perfect. Script down to the word, every picture that comes out, any lines, any squares that comes out, it's down to the T. There's no garbage word, right? 15 minute video. I cut it down to 12 to 13 minute, right? And then how everything is placed and I, I don't lose anyone good transition, good flow. Like that video almost killed me. So <laughs> that was the video. How, that, I don't yeah. know how you find time to have a girlfriend. Now that you mentioned that she must be like a, is she, was she, how does she, how did you find time to do all that? That's what I think a lot of people might listen to your story and think, holy crap, uh -huh. 30 hours uh -huh. on that. I spend this, I, I, I'm working all day and all nights. I'm working to, especially when you had a job, how the heck do you find time to live a life? Um, before I quit, I was a lot more stressful because I try to drive my girlfriend to work and try to pick her up after work. But now that I quit the job, I just work at home. This is where I live, right? This is my den. Um, it's not a virtual background. This is a real background, right? There's a say yet hat here. This is a real background. Um, and I moved to a place like my, my girlfriend works at RBC. She's a superstar and financial advisor. So I don't, I don't feel bad when I say, you know, uh, she asked for money. Uh, ask people for money to invest in RBC's mutual fund, but she actually asked me to manage her fund. Um, I don't, I'm not ashamed of saying that. I don't feel bad because she still killed it. Like her, their branch is number one in GTA right now. And she's the number one sales in that branch. So that says a lot to me. Very nice girl. Very, very good and all that. So from, from that point, I say, Hey, so after I quit my job, I said, I got to move to a place where save me some time, save me some stress. I used to live like 15 minute drive from, from, from where she works. So I drive her to work, drive her off work. Sometimes even when I'm around the area, I just buy lunch for her. But I say, you know what? Let's move to the, within a hundred meter radius. Okay. Let's move there. So if I work from home, if I go out play golf, you can come home for lunch. I can prepare lunch for you and we can always see each other. Even though I'm busy, I'm busy at home. Right. That's how I keep that. And really, I don't need to stay anywhere, right? Of course, now that I get into more of a real estate uh, agent side, then I have to be local. But up to that point, all my business was built so that I can go anywhere in the world, right? That's what the fire really means to me. But now I want to take it to the next level. So I don't mind taking a break on that going anywhere in the world, but I still, I still can do that. But I want to take a break on that and build something within the next five years. So from there, I can really have more power and ammunition to lift that kind of fire life. And I want to help more people to achieve that along the way. Right. So, um, I, I just, you know, I, I think you guys are the same retire. Doesn't mean sitting on the beach. I, I tried that. I did that for two days and I just get agitated because it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to go. Like for me, if I go to do something, um, like leisurely, it's, it, it doesn't take long for me to get bored of it. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty quick to get bored of leisure time, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, you know what I like, I'm sure everyone can, uh, feel the enthusiasm and see the enthusiasm that you're bringing to everything that you're doing. So I commend you for all of that. And we've learned a whole bunch of, uh, interesting perspective today. So thank you for coming on and sharing all of this. It's 
been fantastic to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be on. Definitely uh, very happy to share all that. I love when we have our listeners, you know, for years come on too, because it's it's just that's that's that makes it pretty cool for us to have people on who said, oh, I learned this, I learned this, I used to listen, and now I've, all this stuff you've done um, to come back and share with the audience is amazing. So, yeah, yeah. we, we I, definitely I, definitely appreciate you as a listener and as a uh, a, a guest and now a past guest in a few minutes. Yeah, it's almost like a dream come true for me because, uh, you know, I never knew I'll get on podcasts like this, right? And it's because of all the work, all the luck, right? And brings me here. And that I feel very fortunate in a way where I don't feel I made it, but I feel I prove a point to myself. It's, you know, don't, don't dream so small. And I know sometimes, you know, there's so many moments where I think, man, that could maybe it could have killed me. Before I quit my job, I say, what if, you know, all of a sudden like COVID happened and then I can't make much money on the stock option side, I only have real estate, but okay, worst case, I'll sell one of my property or I refi one of my property, right? Then I'll take out money from there to live. And of course, hindsight is that actually during COVID, coming out of COVID, I make way more money in 2020 than any other year, right? But that was just, I didn't, you know, I wouldn't say I anticipated that, but I have my worst case scenario planned out, right? So from there, it's all upside to me. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of unseen opportunities that came out of that uh, for me as well. Like just things that surprised me that, you know, when you look back on it, wouldn't have happened without it. So, I mean, I'm not saying, by, by no means am I saying it's good. It's just that, um, you know, you've got to look hard and find ways to to create those opportunities, even in bad times, right? So, um how can people learn more about your course and how can people get in touch with you? Oh, I'm actually running. I just started that. I ran a two free webinar, which there's, I think, th close to 300 people sign up and then 150 people show up on my first free webinar. I'm constantly trying to improve, get feedback even for just a free webinar. And there's an upcoming one this Thursday uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time, February 11th, which is tomorrow night, isn't it? which is tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there on every two weeks, I'll do one. So for anyone, or even a lot of my alumni has friends or family are interested. I say, now that you guys make money, you guys see how I make money. You guys trust me. You want your friends and family to learn similar thing, reach fire even faster, no matter what their age is, you know, channel them to this free webinar. It doesn't cost you anything. Of course, I will show you my course and how much that costs and all that. But I think everyone is prepared for that. And people will come on They're They're ready take it to the next level. If they don't take my courses, all good, right? At least you learn something. And I show a lot of common rookie mistake. At least you don't blow up your account like I did. Well, you know, on GME stuff, I didn't do GME stuff, but back in the days, I'll probably play it, right? Just, you know, avoid a lot of mistake. And you learn, if you take out one or two things from that, I think it's all worth it, right? So there's a free webinar. I have a website called codyyay.com. So Cody, C-O-D-Y, yeh.com you can find you know in the future uh, this podcast will be on my website as well and you know there's all the information about my beginner course i'm working on the intermediate course that will come out and you know i'm on instagram cody underscore underscore yay i know someone took the cody underscore yay so i can only do underscore underscore yay and i'm on facebook as well i actually have a a free stock and option facebook group where there's north of three thousand people in there I, I don't, you know, I don't police that group 
as long as it's not a scam or not a self-promotion, there's all kinds of crazy strategy, all kinds of beginner strategy, beginner question, but people can feel free to ask questions there. Many people help each other. A lot of time I jump on and help out as well. So, you know, um, I can probably put that link in the, in, in the description or, you know, or if people can just message me on Facebook or Instagram and ask me if they don't see it. But if they go to my website, all the links are there, right? Even the free Facebook group, group and a free webinar, the course, everything is on my website. Codier.com. Codier.com. Great. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I'm sure lots of people are going to be interested and I'm sure hopefully you'll see an increase in some traffic there soon. Um, yeah. not, not that you need it. You're like, congratulations on your success that you've had too. So, um, you know, it's very impressive what you've done. I have to say. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. And I think I'll probably both of you guys can relate as people like us sometimes really need to take a break and look at what we have achieved, not in the way that we feel content, but at least congratulate ourselves as well. Because a lot of times, like I know Sandy is probably the same thing, is how do we get to the next level? Now we're here, how do we get to the next one? We're always looking ahead. And that's how we have to plan, right? My, my plan is always six months, one year out. But a lot of time we need to live in the present, right? Whenever I'm with my girlfriend, my mom, I'll make sure I turn on my phone, I'm just here. Because very precious time for me. And I want to congratulate you guys, congratulate myself, as well on achieving those. Yeah, like time for gratitude is very yes. important for sure. Mm -hmm. um, no, we don't always make time for it. To be honest, if we're if we're fair and, and, and you know day to day, it's tough to to force ourselves into that sometimes. But um, daily, daily, it's super important. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Andy, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, two eight nine three eight nine six eight four six or Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And people can reach me at Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. Again, Cody, thanks for being here and everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.